And we welcome you into another edition of the Prep Red Zone Preview Show, getting you ready for week number five. I'm your host, Michael Knight, and I'm going to be honest with you, uh, just saying week number five, that that hurts me. It it hurts me a little bit, uh, just knowing that at the conclusion of games on Friday night, uh, as we go into the weekend, the regular season will be halfway over. Uh, Feels like we just got things started, obviously, with district play opening up in week four. Uh, Feels like the new season just began, literally because it just did. Uh, But we will have only five more weeks after uh, this week of regular season football. But then it's playoff time, baby. And uh, we'll have plenty of coverage of the playoffs once we get there. But before we get there, before we, you know, get into November... Now, the calendar has first flipped to October, and that means week five is on the way. And we're going to give you a a real quick breakdown of the top ten games. This one, this podcast, this preview podcast is going to be a little little, uh, cut short just because we don't have as many coaches joining us for Coach's Corner. We we still got coaches, don't get me wrong. Uh, Norman North head coach Justin Jones, as well as Putnam City North head coach, Ryan Laverty will be joining us. Normally we do three or four, but we only have two this week. Um, That's just simply because of scheduling. Uh, Also, uh, me working around my schedule with a newborn baby uh, to be able to find time to record this podcast. Still kind of juggling some things, but uh, we appreciate those who have been tuning in the last uh, month or so for the preview pod. We'll be back on Sunday with a recap podcast, and we anticipate having a full coach's corner for that one as well but uh full disclosure we are recording this on a friday morning uh so there are a few games that we'll be talking about that have already been played last night on thursday night but let's take a look at the top 10 games every single tuesday on prep red zone oklahoma you can check out the top 10 games across the state of oklahoma and our game of the week this week takes place in the tulsa area in fact uh our top two games take place in the tulsa area with number one Jinx going on the road to take on number five Broken Arrow. That is a battle of three and one Trojans against the two and two Broken Arrow Tigers. Uh, this is a, a big game for Broken Arrow just simply from the fact that they don't have to get on a bus and uh, uh, go anywhere for, for their uh, week five matchup. They had to play their first four games on the road, so they had to wait until October 1st to play their first home game. And it is a doozy as they welcome the defending state champions, the newly crowned number one Jinx Trojans as uh, they climbed up the rankings after Owasso was upset by Union last week. Uh, We went ahead and bumped the Trojans up to the number one spot in 6A1. Broken Arrow holding still at the number five spot in 6A1. Uh, This is a big game. This is a big game because when you take a look at that district, um, you also throw into the conversation Edmond-Santa Fe, but those are three teams in the top five that are all battling uh, for district supremacy. Obviously, Jinx comes in as the favorite. Um, They are the defending state champs for a reason. Their defense has looked outstanding. They have a two-headed monster at running back that I really like with Jaden Carroll and Jalen Stanford, both juniors, by the way. And then, of course, the freshman quarterback, Shaker Rizig, uh, Rizig, I should say, Rizig. Get used to saying that name. I only ha- I look. We got some time. He's got four more years, or I guess I should say three and a half more years uh, to go. So we'll, we'll get it. We'll get it. By the time he graduates in 2025, I'll I'll nail his name for sure. Um, but uh, with him coming in at the quarterback spot, getting his first start against Union, 
Uh, he looked really good last week in the district opener against Enid as well. So he's going to give this Broken Arrow defense some challenges. But Broken Arrow defensively, they looked really good last week in their win against Westmore. Uh, but again, the, the biggest key here is Broken Arrow just playing at home. Uh, it has to feel good for the Tigers to not get on a bus and uh, go across the state or even across state lines. They opened up the season down in Texas, um, so they, they don't have to put any more miles on the bus, uh, don't have to break out the Pike Pass. Uh, they just get to stay at home, but it's going to be a tough test against Jinx. This is a team that is absolutely rolling over the last couple of weeks, and they seem to have some things figured out, especially on the offensive side of the ball. No questions about what they can do defensively our number two game we mentioned staying in the Tulsa area we go down to class 3a though uh similar situation in this one in this matchup as it's Vertigris number two in 3a going on the road to take on number six Barry Hill uh Vertigris undefeated on the season at 4-0 Barry Hill's only loss on the year at 3-1 is a uh, week three loss I believe week three uh to Cushing Vertigris their closest call was to victory Christian uh, I believe that was on the same night as uh, they they played victory in week three. So Barry Hill lost. Vertigris had a close call. And now in week five, they have a showdown against one another. Number two on the road, taking on number six. And I mentioned it's similar to the Jinx-BA matchup because when you look at that district in Class 3A, it also features the number one team and defending state champion in Holland Hall. So you have three teams all in the top six out of the same district. And so if Barry Hill was to pull off the, the victory tonight against Vertigris, that would put them in a really good spot to try to contend for the district championship. And honestly, for Vertigris, if you lose, if you win, whatever it may be, it's going to come down to a showdown with Holland Hall. So the loser isn't necessarily out of it, but it makes it makes things a whole heck of a lot harder to try to climb back into the conversation to compete for that district championship. Speaking of district championships and state championships, our number three game, we go over to the Oklahoma City area as number five, Carl Albert, will go on the road to take on number seven, Guthrie. Guthrie undefeated, and their defense has looked dominant so far. So they're going to, this is this is kind of a throwback because look, in, in, I mentioned this in our top 10 game preview. Uh, early on this week, Carl Albert Guthrie used to be the marquee rivalry game in Class 5A. If this was the 2000s, the early 2010s, um, this game would be no doubt number one game every single time that these two teams got together. They dominated Class 5A, and now for Carl Albert, nothing has changed. They are the five-time defending state champions. They have continued to dominate Class 5A, but for Guthrie, it, there's been some down years, and I think that they would be the first to admit it. This is a program that is used to contending for state championships, contending for district championships, uh, but it's been a struggle over the last five to six years uh, for, for the Blue Jays. But I think that this is a team that has been building towards this year. They've showed it early on, and now this is the biggest test where you have Carl Albert coming to your house. They're playing at the Rock. I know that that stadium has a, a very good – uh, reputation among football fans in the state of Oklahoma. Uh, there's not many venues quite like the Rock at Guthrie, and uh, for for the Carl Albert, it's going to be a tough test for the defending state champs, five-time defending state champs, uh, as they come in to try to knock off a Guthrie team that is ready for this fight. I can guarantee you that after years and years of 
being blown out by the Titans in the past, this Blue Jay team is ready uh, for this Week 5 clash. And if they get a win, well, then they're in the driver's seat for this district. Now, Bishop McGinnis is still on the schedule, uh, so they'll have to take care of that later on this year. But the same can be said for Carl Albert. So uh, really looking forward to this matchup. We didn't, in fact, if we can do a little throwback for you, uh, we actually didn't get this matchup last year. Carl Albert and Guthrie did not play uh, in 2020 because of COVID. And uh, Guthrie had to, to for, not necessarily, I guess they weren't forfeits, uh, but they had to cancel the game. Said that they could not play because of COVID, COVID tracing, all that stuff. Uh, remember how terrible 2020 was? Yeah, it, it was awful. Uh, but one positive that came out of that cancellation uh, was a champion versus champion dynasty versus dynasty matchup in week five uh, as Carl Albert would host Bixby. Uh, Bixby absolutely routed the Titans and handed Carl Albert uh, a rare loss uh, during that five-year stretch of winning five consecutive state championships. But, of course, both teams went on to win state titles later on in the year. But we actually didn't see Carl Albert Guthrie last year. It's going to be good to get uh, back to normal uh, this year with these two teams matching up. And this could be the, the start of another uh, rivalry uh, that we got used to seeing in the 2000s, the 2010s, and uh, uh, the late 90s as well. So we might be able to, to see uh, these two teams squaring off with big implications on the line uh, and it becoming more of a normal thing, which uh, would be good for high school football in Oklahoma. Our number four game is number nine Deer Creek traveling uh, just across the highway, just across the turnpike there to take on Putnam City North. Both teams three and one on the season. Number nine Deer Creek, they had their first loss last week in double overtime to Stillwater. More on Stillwater here in a bit. Uh, but uh, they go on the road to take on Putnam City North. PC North lost to their rival Putnam City earlier this season, but they bounced back with a couple of wins, and they've looked really good, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, so I really like this matchup, especially at the quarterback position. Uh, both offenses can really score. I'm looking forward to seeing this one, as it could end up being a shootout uh, between these two teams. But we have Putnam City North head coach Ryan Laverty joining us here on the program here momentarily, so we'll get more on that matchup. Uh, during our Coach's Corner segment. Our number five game of the week was a Thursday night affair, so we don't have to preview this one, no point in that. It was number four, Stillwater, hosting number eight, Dell City. Both teams three and one. Dell City goes on the road and puts it on the Pioneers. I think the final score, I should have wrote it down before hitting record, but we'll do it off the cuff. I believe it was 30-7, to seven, the Eagles dominating Stillwater. Uh, Dell City quarterback Virgil Yates, I think he finished with over 200 yards rushing in the victory. It's been a long time since Stillwater uh, has uh, lost at home. Dell City able to hand the Pioneers uh, a rare loss in district. And more importantly, now it's Dell City in the driver's seat for this district. Uh, we mentioned Stillwater not being as strong as we've seen the last couple of weeks or the last couple of years, I should say. They're still really good, but there's some really good teams in this district. It wasn't going to be just a, a cakewalk for Stillwater. We learned that last week as uh, they, they went to double overtime with Deer Creek and then losing to Dell City. The, the season's not over. I mean, Stillwater has plenty of work to do. They still have PC North on the schedule. They still have Putnam City North, or excuse me, I should say uh, Midwest City 
on the schedule. PC North and Putnam City North are the same school, Michael. You got that. Uh, so the the work is still there's still work left to be done for the Pioneers, um, but it's going to be bounce back time. And for Dell City, you're in the driver's seat now for the district. You still have some tough games ahead of you, but uh, this is a, a big win for the Eagles moving forward. Our number six game, we go down to Class 4A. Chickasha jumped into the top 10 over the weekend after knocking off Weatherford. They are number 10, and they will be hosting number four, Clinton. Can Chickasha do it again? That's going to be the biggest key, and we expect a low-scoring, running football game as uh, Chickasha is led by their uh, star junior running back, Malik Murphy. Meanwhile, Clinton, you know what they're going to do. They're going to run the ball, run the ball, and run the ball some more. Uh, So a big game there in Class 4A. Interesting to see if Chickasha can do it again. Uh, Our number seven game, Norman North coming off a a loss in a shootout to Mustang. Going on the road to Tulsa area to take on number three, Owasso. That's number eight at number three. Both teams coming off close losses. Owasso going on the road, losing to Union in overtime. And then for Norman North, uh, they lost to Mustang in the final seconds after missing a field goal and not able to uh, uh, get a win in a shootout over Mustang in a game that combined for nearly 100 points. So both teams looking to bounce back. We have Norman North head coach Justin Jones joining us here momentarily for Coach's Corner to talk more about that matchup and then our number eight game you go down to class 2a as it's number three washington speaking of a new entry into the top 10 number 10 bethel uh bethel jumping into the top 10 after a 4-0 start and we like what this bethel team has man they got some players on the offensive and defensive side of the ball uh is it enough to pull off the upset against number three washington we're gonna find out on friday night uh but i i like some of the personnel that they have they have some really good players offensively and defensively. So would it surprise me if they upset Washington? Yeah, it would would still surprise me. But I'll say this, man, that this team looks like they're for real and can make things pretty interesting in Class 2A. Uh, Going back up to 3A for our number 9 game, it's number 4 Heritage Hall at number 10 Perkins Tryon. Heritage Hall looks like an absolute freight train right now. Uh, can anybody challenge the Chargers before they get into the playoffs and start playing some of the big boys in Class 3A? Well, it's time for Perkins Tryon to get their shot at slowing down the Chargers. Nobody's been able to slow down Heritage Hall so far this year. Uh, we'll see if Perkins Tryon and their quarterback, Gunner Thrash, a senior, and their uh, high-flying, high-powered uh, passing offense for the Demons uh, can find a way to slow down the Chargers, but it's going to be a tough one, man. Heritage Hall... Uh, this has been a team that has not been stopped and uh, not even really been challenged so far this year. So will they get a challenge uh, on Friday night with a, a tough road game against Perkins Tryon? We'll find out. And then our final game, back to 2A, it's Chandler going on the road to take on number 2 Jones. Uh, this district is interesting, and it became very interesting after last week's district opener as Jones able to take care of business. Chandler able to take care of business in a big win over Crossings Christian. But elsewhere, you had Millwood getting blown out by Prague. Uh, So this district is certainly going to be fun to watch throughout the season. Uh, But this is a battle of two two two-and-two teams, Jones and Chandler, both playing uh, very difficult non-district schedules. The record indicates that. Chandler, even though they're not ranked in the top 10, they are a borderline top 10 team, in my opinion. 
And uh, it's going to be a clash of styles somewhat as Chandler, their best player, is without a doubt their junior running back, Kasman Hill, uh, who's one of the best running backs in the state of Oklahoma. And then, of course, Jones, their senior quarterback, Carson May, an outstanding QB, arguably one of the best quarterback prospects to come out of Oklahoma in the last several years. So big-time matchup in Class 2A. Uh, if Chandler was to, to go on the road and upset Jones, that would make things even more interesting in this district that already uh, has seen some upsets and some big wins and some things that maybe we didn't predict coming into the season. All right, let's. Uh, that's a look at our top 10 games. Every single Tuesday you can check out the top 10 games of the week on Prep Red Zone Oklahoma. Uh, but right now let's throw it to Coach's Corner. Our first guest is Putnam City North Head Coach Ryan Laverty joining us here on the Prep Red Zone Week 5 Preview Podcast. And our next guest here on the Prep Red Zone preview podcast for week number five is Putnam City North head coach Ryan Laverty. Uh, The Putnam City North Panthers will continue district play on Friday night against Deer Creek. And coach, uh, let's start right there. This is a Deer Creek team that um, is much improved compared to the last couple of years. They put a scare into Stillwater last week, pushing them to double overtime. And uh, all all it does is just make this district even more uh, competitive and deeper. Uh, It's it's only week five, but man, uh, this this seems like a a huge ball game when you talk about the big picture. Of course, uh, you know playoff seeding might be at stake on Friday night. Absolutely, you know our district is is loaded once again. You know with Stillwater, Midwest City, Dell City, us, Deer Creek, um, and, and Lawton. And, you know, it's it's kind of anybody's game, um, you know, so it's an absolute, you know, huge game for both of us uh, this early on in district. And, you know, it, it's going to mean a lot to do with with playoff seating, just like you mentioned down the road. You mentioned, uh, you know, uh your your roots with Deer Creek, obviously you're familiar. It, it's been a couple of years since you were there, but at the same time, uh, you know you know some of those younger kids who are now you know seniors and juniors. Um, just talk about that dynamic and how it's kind of grown into a little bit of a rivalry over the last couple of years. You know, it, it's been a, a good, healthy rivalry. Um, I coached a lot of those kids through uh, youth football with my son, all being on that team, um, with Jacob Sexton, Braden Beers, um, and a whole whole lot of those kids. So, you know, there's definitely a lot of talk between the bunch right now, and uh, it's always, um, you know, geared up to be a good good game. And even when I was at Deer Creek, I always thought just net- Putnam North and Deer Creek could become a natural rival just right across the turnpike from each other. And, uh, you know, a lot of the families that are out in Deer Creek now are once Putnam North alum. Um, so, you know, it, it makes for a good, good rivalry, good, healthy, uh, you know, battle between the two of us. You mentioned your son, Carson Laverty, junior quarterback, had a good season last year as a sophomore. Um, what have you seen from him this year as he you know, tries to take that next step as QB1 for the Panthers? Last year, he certainly had some, some really talented guys around him. Um, what step has he taken this year uh, to kind of take that next step as a quarterback prospect in this offense? Well, he's, he's, first of all, he put the work in, in the off season and he went from being our starter at about 140 pounds, um, and about five, nine to now he's right at six foot, 
pushing 180 pounds. And so he really took it upon himself to, to work hard in the weight room and the off season and, and getting himself ready. His, his decision-making is, is faster than anything I've seen out of him. And, you know, he doesn't hang on to the ball very long. You know, we, we gave up 46 sacks last year as a unit and this year we've given up one sack. And so our offensive line's able to protect and, and he's just making quicker decisions when pressure does arrive. And, you know, his running ability is has much improved also. He's not afraid to pull it down and, and go make plays happen with his feet. And, you know, like most quarterbacks on the run, his eyes are still downfield. He's looking to make plays uh, before he passes that line of scrimmage. And um, so those are probably the two biggest things that I've noticed about him is just his decision-making and the amount of progress he put in in the offseason. PC North off to a 3-1 and one start this year. Um, you had that one loss early on in the season. How have the guys bounced back? And what, you know, what was some of the bigger takeaways from that early season loss as you guys head into district play now? You know, we sure would have liked to have the last six minutes back because Carson got knocked out with a concussion and, and missed the final, you know, six minutes of the game, tied 21. You know, but the most impressive thing that I thought came from it from our team was our guys didn't give up when he went out. Uh, we moved uh, Norman to the quarterback and ran some wildcat. And so we were in position to win the game. Um, you know, just like Coach Whitson over at PC, wanted the ball in his, his best guy's hand and, and went for two and got it and won the game. So, you know, those were – it was a back-and-forth battle from, from that point on um, trying to, you know, just really get our athletes in space. Um, you know, we, we replaced three of our four receivers from last year. We've got, you know, our one returning, um, Cam Scott, from last year that plays a slot. But we've included some huge – gains this year um phil jackson who's a 6'2 195 pound kid comes out from basketball after the success he saw from jeff and uh plays a one of our ex receivers and reese moffitt uh, best wide receiver in southmore moves in over the summer um or really before school was even out he had moved into the area so and, and he's a, a 6'3 185 pound uh playmaker and then we've moved to running back trail churchwell out to the other slot, who's a very shifty kid. Um, so, you know, we didn't really take a step down with losing those guys from last year. We just reloaded. And, uh, you know, offensively, we got a lot of weapons still around Carson that um, can make plays, and he, he disperses the ball too. You know, looking through stats, we, we target each receiver five to six times a game, and, and they come up with big plays, and, and our running back stable is really good as well. You mentioned all the, the new faces on this year's bunch, and obviously the, the goal is the same to uh, you know contend in this district that is so competitive, and it starts you know on Friday night with a, a really uh, big contest against Deer Creek. You know them well, you know some of their personnel well. You know on Friday night, what's going to be the biggest key coach to coming out with a, a huge district victory, which look, I mean, I know you don't want to think about November, but when we look back, you know this could be a make or break, you know, maybe the loser is on the outside looking in on the playoffs, but what's going to be the biggest key uh, to avoiding that and getting a big win Friday night? You know once again, for us it's it's really about defense, you know um. I've been a defensive coordinator my whole life and, and, you know, if you're going to win football games, it's going to be defensively. And we've got a lot of playmakers on that side too. And, you know, 
It's really just about us taking care of what we can control, uh, making plays when we have opportunities. Uh, one kind of neat side bit is you're going to get a bedlam preview between Jacob Sexton and Jaleel Johnson um, tomorrow night. And uh, that'll be an exciting matchup because those two will be uh, squaring off for the next few years to come, um, being at the two different programs. And, you know, we just – the playoff scenario, I tell our kids, every game is a playoff game. You know, we can't look ahead. You know, this is a playoff game. It's a playoff atmosphere. you got to go win it. And, and our kids are veteran enough. They understand the, uh, the impact of the game. And, you know, our kids are always going to come at you as hard as they possibly can, all four quarters or however long it takes. Um, that's just the, the culture that we have here, and it's the fight and the dog that we have in our guys. That was Putnam City North head coach Ryan Laberty joining us on this edition of the Prep Red Zone preview podcast, taking a look at week number five. We go from Putnam City North to Norman North for our next guest, Justin Jones, the head coach of the Norman North Timberwolves, as they prepare for a huge game on Friday night on the road taking on the Owasso Rams. He joins us right now on the uh, Week 5 Prep Red Zone Oklahoma Preview Pod. And our next guest here on the Prep Red Zone Week 5 Preview Podcast is Norman North Head Coach Justin Jones. Coach, uh, big game obviously in Week 5, but especially big coming off Last week, a close loss to Mustang, and now you know your team in a position where uh, you can't afford too many other district losses. With, with the goal being the playoffs, but let's let's go back to last week in that shootout uh, with Mustang before we get to Week Five in Owasso. Um, you know, what are some of the things that you guys have been able to take away uh, from the Week Four loss and be able to kind of bounce back going into the rest of district play? Well, I think for us, number one is too many too many mistakes too early uh, in the game. You know, we give them fourteen points off turnovers uh, that we don't have a chance there um, to make. We really allowed to be a close game in the first half. It ends up twenty eight twenty one. We felt like you know it really should have been twenty eight seven there. Uh, you know, and then in the third quarter we come out pretty flat. Um, you know, we got three drives there that. Uh, we can't do anything with we have to punt and uh, we go up three touchdowns to Mustang. So, you know, kind of before you know, it, we're down 21 points. Um, but what, what, what we're going to take from it is the fact that our kids fought back and rallied back, um, had a chance uh, and were in position to win the game there at the end with about five seconds left uh, where we thought we were going to be able to kick a field goal. And, and obviously, you know, what happened happened and, and we didn't get the opportunity to kick there, but uh, you know, really happy with the, uh, the fight in our guys and the, to, to prove that, um, you know, we're never out of it and, and to come back, uh, you know, really in our first test this year, uh, we hadn't been down in any of the other games. And so I uh, was happy to see that from our kids. I, I think it's something that we can take from and, and utilize it down the road, but you're absolutely right. You know, uh, in this league and in this district, there's five or six teams here that, that can make the playoffs. So you're going to have one or two really good teams that are sitting at home. And so uh, the margin of error is thin, uh, always has been and, and uh, makes every, big game like this one that we're playing uh you know that much bigger and so uh got our hands full uh, against a great opponent but um you know our kids will be ready to play yeah and look Owasso's in that same position they lose last week in their district opener to union and so it makes this one 
you know, it, look, if, if both teams were one to know in district play, it would still be an interesting ball game. But the fact that both teams are coming off losses, it, it, it makes it, you know, the, 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 uh, anticipation gets a little bit higher, uh, with, with these two, but coach, uh, before we dive further into Owasso, I want to talk about your quarterback, uh, Gavin Frakes. He is having an outstanding senior season so far. Look, we're only four games in, but you know what have you seen? Because look, I, I've I've seen what he's been able to do so far this year, and have been very impressed. But for you as his coach, what have you seen, and what have been some of the things that you know have been different about him this year compared to what we saw last? Well, I, I think number one, obviously, being in the driver's seat helps. Um, having that seat time to to be able to go make plays, but you know, I think his preparation um, leading up to this year is what I'm most impressed with um, this summer. Uh, the way that he attacked and prepared. I think the, the um, getting on the same page with the receivers, those guys coming up and, and working on their own uh, without coaches being out there, I think has created some, um, you know, some timing. And, and I think it's created kind of uh, some an, an organic chemistry there where um, those guys are having success and they're having fun together. And, and a big part of that and a big credit to that is Gavin in, in that. And, you know, it doesn't, doesn't hurt that he's, he's six, four and a half and, and can run and, and throw really well. So, um, you know, just been impressed with him. I think, um, you know, I'm also impressed with, you know, kind of his mental uh, IQ of what he works trying to do offensively. But, um, you know, the thing about Gavin, he's got a warrior spirit, man. He's never out of the fight. Um, he, he believes like he can go score on every play, and uh, he believes our offense can do that. And that's part of the credit to, is him and, and, you know, the other offensive guys on our in our program, uh, that's why we were able to fight back there 21 down last week. So, um, you know, again, it, it's kind of a combination of, of things with him, but he's throwing the ball really well. He's seeing the field with great vision, um, and he's really able to withstand pressure and, and keep his eyes down the field and make throws. Yeah, I mean, in terms of the, the early part of this season, there, there's few quarterbacks that have been more impressive than uh, your senior QB. Uh, Gavin has had an, an excellent start to this year, but you know Friday night it's it's a whole new ball game as you travel up uh, the Turnpike to the Tulsa area to take on an Owasso team that uh, you know before last week we probably would have expected a shootout, but now who knows? Owasso coming off a game where they only scored seven points on the road against Union. You know when you look at this Owasso team, obviously they have weapons everywhere on offense, um, but they were kind of contained a little bit last week. What do you see? Uh, that Im that impresses you and concerns you, I guess is a better word, about uh, this week's opponent. Well, I mean, where do I start? I mean, uh, gosh, you know, I, I'll start with my disrespect for Coach Blankenship and, and what he does. I think he's one of the best out there. And, um, you know, then it goes to just the way that their kids uh, play, and, and they've always responded after a loss. I think you have to look at it that way as well. But, you know, offensively, you know, uh, you know, Cole Adams or the Adams kid is a phenomenal athlete uh, and can just fly. Um, you know, the Carney kid, who's I think this is his fourth year to start, is another experienced guy that's out there that can make plays. I, you know, the the quarterback uh, is really good. I think offensive line wise, they're they're, they're a solid unit that, that does some really really good things and just so well coached on offense. Then defense. 
you know, you turn around and you look and, and um, you know, you've got some really good players on their defense as well. You know, obviously the McClellan kid up front and, and, you know, one of the other defensive tackles that's just outstanding. And then, you know, just so good in the back end of what they do and the way that they operate. Uh, this is a big time challenge against, you know, I still think, you know, obviously I know they, they took the loss last week, but they're still going to have a chance to contend for it and, and, and try to win it all. And, and so I think this is one of the very best teams in the state of Oklahoma that we get a chance to go play. And so, um, you know, we've got to we've got to be willing to, to go answer the call. And, uh, you know, we, we've got to make sure that we try to limit the explosive plays and, and be methodical about how we operate. Um, you know, but again, big time, big time football game against a big time opponent. And uh, it's exciting for our kids to be able to uh, have the opportunity to play. You've been at Norman North for a few years now. And so you've been part of this program as they try to you know, contend with those Tulsa area teams every year in 6A1. And anytime it's East versus West, Coach, you know the, the big talking point is the, the gap between the two sides of the state. How do you see it after the last couple of years? Because in my opinion, I do think that it's getting, uh, you know, close. Uh, but at the same time, when you're talking about 6A1, those usual suspects are always at the top year in and year out. But how have you seen it? over the last couple of years now that you've been in it with Norman North? Well, I, you know, I, I obviously think there's still uh, a, still a pretty good gap there as far as being consistent with um, the competition for East first West. I just think that, you know, there's a lot of innate things in intangibles in that go into that, but, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, those, those guys over there, uh, the way that they operate, um, is first class in the resources that they have behind it. But, you know, I, I think it's just the buy-in uh, community-wise. You know, everybody that lives in that town is going to go to that school. And, um, you know, I think having numbers helps, obviously, especially when you get into uh, a 6A football schedule, when you get into the, you know, week, the mid, the middle of the season into the playoffs, you know, so many teams um, have to manage the injury situations. And it's not just at this level, it's at every level. But, you know, when you have – injuries in um you know you you got to be able to manage your depth uh and hopefully you have somebody that's that's right there close to the guy that's um you know leaving or that's injured and, and i think that's a big difference i think just the sheer depth in, in um numbers um and the amount of players i, I think is a huge difference between east and west you know and for us it, it's trying to grow those numbers we know if we're going to ever compete when it matters in december um, that we're going to have to have rosters that are built to contend, um, you know, th from the middle of the season on. And, and so that's what we're doing, uh, you know, here at Norman North. And as far as speaking for our program, uh, you know, that's how we're trying to build ourselves, where we have depth and we have enough guys that um, we can manage injuries and it becomes a next man up philosophy. Um, you know, but I think that's the biggest thing. Um, you know, you'll hear of some East and West upsets maybe early on, um, you know, in the season. Um, and you might get one late, but it, it's really hard to, uh, you might upset one, but can you upset two back-to-back -back weeks? You know, that's where it gets really tough uh, for West Side teams just because of, of you know, kind of the, we're divided over here a little bit more than what they are over there. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about it. And then, you know, when it comes to, to Friday night specifically, and we'll get you out of here on this, Coach, uh, you know, a big game, you know, it, look, in terms of, district standings and things like that like we said at the beginning there's there's no room for error uh moving forward in a very competitive district you know what has to happen for your guys to come to the Tulsa area and, and be driving back to Norman with a big win on Friday night 
Well, you know, we've got we've got to play pretty close to being uh, perfect, and uh, we've got to go be willing to um, put it all out there and be consistent with it. Obviously, we can't have the turnovers that we had last week. We've got to eliminate those. And then, you know, for us, we've just got to go answer the challenge and meet it. I, you know, we're more than capable of scoring points and more than capable of playing, uh, you know, pretty good defense. But, you know, for us, it's the, the pressure when you play uh, Coach Blankenship and you play Owasso is, is that pressure's on every single snap. And so, you know, being able to withstand that, um, you know, and not let the levy break, I think is the biggest thing for us. You know, we want to try to uh, try to make this a four-quarter game and have a chance to win it in the end. And so, um, you know, again, great, great football team that we get to play. I mean, there's very few weaknesses, um, if any at all, uh, from them. And so, again, big-time challenge for us, but we've got to go play, um, you know, pretty close to being uh, perfect in, in our approach. And our kids are capable of doing that, but, uh, you know, it's just got to be consistent. My thanks to both Justin Jones of Norman North, who just joined us, as well as Putnam City North head coach Ryan Laverty. For joining us on this edition of the Prep Red Zone Oklahoma Preview Podcast, taking a look at Week 5. That does it for this edition of the podcast. We'll be back on Sunday with a recap pod. Uh, We appreciate those who have tuned in and have subscribed to the podcast network. In case you haven't done it and you want to get all of our podcast content uh, sent directly to your phone, tablet, computer, wherever you get your podcast, we'd appreciate it if you would subscribe. Uh, doesn't cost you anything for our podcast content. Uh, just search Prep Red Zone Oklahoma on Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud. And while you're there and subscribing, if you could leave us a review, rate, all that good stuff to let us know how we're doing. And as always, you can follow us on Twitter at Prep Red Zone OK. Or if you have any questions for the uh, podcast, we answer we answer those questions whenever we get them as well. You can either tweet them at us at Prep Red Zone OK or send them to me directly at Michael at PrepRedZone.com. So the, the email address, one more time, is Michael at PrepRedZone.com. Uh, one final time, man, week five, it's almost in the books, and I, I'm, I'm going to be sad. I'm going to be sad when I'm talking about that on Sunday. Uh, as that means the regular season is halfway over. But it's been a great season so far. Can't wait to see what happens on Friday night in Week 5 across Oklahoma. Enjoy the football. Get out and go watch a high school game. I know the weather isn't that great, but that just means it's football weather, baby. At least that's what they tell me. Uh, But enjoy the games, and we'll be right back here on Sunday recapping it all, talking with coaches across the state, and getting you ready for Week 6 in the high school football season here in Oklahoma. So one final time, I'm your host, Michael Knight, the director of Prep Red Zone Oklahoma, and this has been the Week 5 preview from Prep Red Zone Oklahoma.